welcome to Blooming Out, Indiana's only LGBTQ plus news and public affairs show featuring music, events, and interviews, both local and global. From the WFHB studios in Bloomington, Indiana, this is Blooming Out. Blooming out on WFHB. I'm Jeff Poling. On tonight's episode, we will have your LGBTQ news, our weekly event calendar, and our featured music. But first this evening, we have one of Spencer Pride's directors, Dana Beth Evans, and volunteer Greg Bukowski joining us here on the show this evening. Welcome, Dana and Greg. Thank you. Yeah, glad you guys are here. There is so much going on in Spencer. I don't even know where to start, but one of the amazing things that is so impressive is what you have done with your brand new, and I'll use the word brand new because a lot of people probably, um, it might be the first time they've heard it, community center. And I wanna start, if I may, because Greg, um, you have a really great way of the visuals of presenting the community center to to the public so if someone sees it um, when they're on on the square in Spencer and they see this community center how is is it actually spelled right so the name you'll see on the sign is community center however the U in the community is capitalized and the colors are different than the rest of the word because our building functions as two spaces. So Unity, the capitalized part in different color, is our retail store where we have items that are locally made in Indiana from pottery, jewelry, birdhouses, knitted items, glass, and then our space functions also as a community center where we are a certified safe place as well as an LGBT plus safe zone and numerous volunteers in our organization have been trained in safe space training as well as LGBT specific uh, cultural competency, domestic violence, and suicide prevention. And you guys have been working so hard on this this project and it's it's such an uh, amazing results. Um, first of all the the space is beautiful it's, it's gorgeous um, the like so much of the the architecture in Spencer especially on the square um, the uh, the historical um, beauty of it is is very impressive to me I'm an architecture buff so I just I love walking around that that area but um, the community center um, Let's see, it, uh, what are the, I guess you would call them the taglines, right? The uh, underneath community center, it, uh, it says what? Gather, learn, shop, support, and there's a fifth one, um, I want to say it's educate. Uh, imagine. Imagine. I imagine. Just, sorry, I just cheated and <laughs> looked like, on I it. Like, oh, I don't remember. <laughs> right. So yeah, I, I I just I really thought when I saw the um, the the logo and and your you know how it's presented is that that was a really great way to pre- present um, it to the public and it it really tells me a lot just by looking at it. It really it it tells me exactly what you guys are all about. 
And um, so congratulations. Thank you. Thank We're very you. excited about it. And, um, and, and um, Dana, tell us um, a little bit about yourself and um, what your role has been with, with, uh, with this, with the community center. Well, I um, started with Spencer Pride several years ago when I first moved to Bloomington and was working in Spencer and uh, volunteered to be a part of their organization. And they started helping with different things, and I got involved. Um, they're a great organization. They're one of the best organized groups I've ever worked with. They're extremely well organized. And for me to say that says a whole lot. So they're very well organized. They're very well. They're very motivated. They want to get out there and let people know who they are, what the organization's about. It's nothing to be scared of. It's nothing to be worried about. You don't catch anything. It's okay. It's safe. It's in a good place. So um, it's just a great place. And they've been around for about 10 years. And to be part of that organization is just amazing. Um, We had our first, my first weekend, I work one Saturday a month to volunteer in the store and my first one was last week and it was just amazing the people that came in and the people that came in to ask questions about LGBT and and what this meant and what that meant was just it was really inspiring to see that people weren't scared and were coming in and asking those questions and it's that safe space that we wanted it to be that people feel comfortable to come in and shop or to also come in and ask questions and find out about other organizations and other things that's awesome um I'm really curious, have you uh, gotten a lot of um, out-of-towners? Quite a few. We've had a lot of uh, people that have have either just moved into the area or that are from surrounding areas that are coming in because they've heard about the store. And I think, I'm not for sure of the phrasing, but we're the smallest community in the nation Mm -hmm. to have a store and to have a community center. I I believe that because you're also the, the, if I'm not mistaken, the smallest what is it the smallest town that has a a pride um and a festival festival right Right. so we're just all encompassing right there get us book here we come (laughs) so we're we're really excited about that and to see the people that come in and interact and some people just come in because they're curious and then they come in and they're like wow this is really nice it's not a thrift store it's not anything like it's nice handmade stuff and most of the items that are there are within 25 miles of spencer So it's nice down home, nice local Local, stuff. Oh, that's that's awesome. Um, I know when um, during Spencer Pride, um, you kind of I don't know if you called it a soft opening. You know, not everything was in there, but um, people you 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 already had it open to the the public and people that were at Spencer, you know, at at Pride were able to uh, to check out the. the environment and and the and the facility and it's it's just a beautiful space. Right. So um, and I have heard that you've just done so many great things to um, to add to it. So what all when when you walk in, what all is is it? Is it is it the? Do you get the feeling that it's a little more of a shop or or do you is it? Do you immediately know that that, that it's a part of a community center? Um, I don't know if that's an easy question to answer or not. Uh, so I'll comment on that. So when you when you first walk in, you see all our merchandise that's for sale. Uh, what's nice, because we are local, we made an effort to promote our local artists. So at each, we have them separated by who made what. And with each section, we have a little biography that we've asked them to supply us about why they got interested in their craft and why are they supporting our business and our organization by having their items there, which is really awesome. Nice. And then right now there is a uh, 
big wall that divides the rest of the space that will serve as a community center, which is nice because then when someone comes in for those services, there is a level of privacy so that you're not exposed to the rest of the store. Sure. So you can see that the store expands because the wall doesn't go all the way to the ceiling because the ceilings are very high, but well, you do get a nice sense of separation, which is good. Yeah. And, and Greg, um, you um, you were talking about um, the artists have their um, their 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 wonderful products um, on display, and you are one of those artists. Can you tell us about what you provide. Yeah, so I have a knitting business called Gregor Knits. Uh, the name came from a nickname from a friend in undergrad, and because I knit, <clears throat> I decided to make it my business name. So I, at the store, I have mostly knitted hats and scarves and knitted little, little animal ornaments. I do other things as well, but when I was approached by some people in the on the advisory committee for the store, I thought about it and decided to do it uh, because I do believe in supporting our organization. And I mean, good business, business is always good business. Definitely, definitely. And they're very nice items. I've checked them out. <laughs> Thank oh, you. I, I have no doubt. So, okay, so we have we have knitting, um, or I mean, items that are knitted. We have, um, I'm assuming, some Spencer Pride t-shirts yes we have Spencer pride uh items as well (laughs) (laughs) because i mean some of the designs that you guys have 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 done in the past years that was that's a big thing right people you have a contest don't you we do a contest at the festival every year to decide what type of t-shirt we're going to do and you know what the design's going to be with the to go with the theme that we've picked out so we have the t-shirts on sale we also have our spencer pride umbrellas which are wonderful especially when you go to a, a pride event and it <laughs> rains you want to make sure you go and buy those umbrellas from spencer and um, i'm sure you're not at all referring <laughs> to last no season, not at all spencer pride not at all it didn't <laughs> rain at all on us <laughs> no one seemed to really care if I, if I recall nobody had a problem with it i think everybody just had fun in the rain and went with it and there wasn't any lightning and so everybody just had a good time but we did sell a lot of umbrellas oh, oh, <laughs> whoever thought of that was you know right on i guess so. jonathan and jacob baylosh <laughs> are very big and they're very creative and they come up with a lot of ideas i am not Maybe we should try ponchos next year. <laughs> what do you what do you think? Maybe we should try some rainbow ponchos yeah. next year. <laughs> the rainbow umbrellas are gorgeous. The ponchos are not a bad idea. No, not at all. Well, I mean, you know, if, if the if the wonderful performers, um, the drag queens can perform in those heels with pouring rain and lightning and thunder with an um, with one of those umbrellas in their hand. On the courthouse lawn. On the yes. courthouse lawn, right? <laughs> you, you are you are saying something there. So um, so you've got you've got a lot of things happening, right? Um, tell us about um, your partnership with the wonderful historic. Tivoli Theater, for example. The Tivoli, uh, the partnership with the Tivoli started when I was the director there, which is pretty awesome. Um, I approached Spencer Pride uh, a few weeks ago, or a few weeks into my position there, and invited them to come in. And they volunteer once a month and have continued that practice. They come in and volunteer and, and sell tickets and sell our concessions and help us clean up and do those kinds of things. And then uh, with that partnership, we started working with their Night at the Tivoli. In October, we host that every year. Um, and this being an election year, we're doing our Night at the Tivoli on a, on a political theme. Oh, excellent. So we're doing, we're featuring the, um, the feature film called Milk, 
which is a 2008 uh, biographical film based on the life of the gay rights activist and politician Harvey Milk. And uh, we are really excited about that. Of course, him being the first openly gay person to be elected to a public office in California as a member of the uh, San Francisco Board of Supervisors. So we were really excited that we're doing that. And the way that we are able to pick our films is we put it out to a vote and let everybody vote on we have like three or four films and then they get to pick which one they want to see and it's all free so they come to the movies have a free movie we sell popcorn and soda and then we have an auction of some type a silent auction where they can bid on things if they want to and it's great and and the um the night of the the tivoli is is what the second it's going to be october the 12th at 7 p.m and like i said it's all free and there'll be um some fun with a jeopardy like game on glbt uh politics uh, and those kinds of things, so we're excited about that. Ooh, that sounds like and uh, then we also have a raffle on a nice grill and an overnight stay at French Lick. So pretty nice. Well done. Yeah, so we'll, we're looking forward to that. So, and we are we do have that on our community calendar. So we'll remind everyone again about Wednesday, October twelfth, night of the Tivoli. Um, milk is <laughs> going to be showing, and um, again, a free screening. That's. Free screening. Great show. If you haven't seen it, come on out. We'd love to have you. Great, great. Okay, well, um, we um, are going to just take a break here and do a little bit of music, and then we're going to come back and we'll talk with um, Greg and Dana right after this break. So, um, this song from Logo's New Now Next site um melanie c is the artist and melanie c spices up the dance floor with new music um and the video with the music is uh anymore is the name of the track and that's 17 years after northern star which is a previous uh release um melanie c is back in top form we don't care what the calendar says melanie c's new single anymore is a killer summer dance track Combining an infectious beat with lyrics about heartbreak, Mel is giving us the saddest disco anthem we've heard in a while, but we're loving every minute of it. It's hard to believe it's been 17 years since Northern Star, but we're glad Sporty Spice is back in top form. Melanie C's new album, Version of Me, um, is out October 21st. So, still not out yet, but October 21st. Here is Melanie C with Anymore. Looking for someone who's looking for someone 
Listening to Blooming Out on WFHB, and we just heard any more by Melanie C, who has a new album releasing later this month. Um, we're back, and we're speaking with uh, Dana Beth Evans and Greg Bukowski about Spencer Pride's upcoming event, A Night at the Tivoli, and all kinds of. Um, and we're also talking about just Spencer Pride in general, general the new community center. Um, so. Um, Dana, we were um, we're talking about something that is very, very important to your organization, and I've always been really impressed with the um, support that you have through your volunteers. T- tell us about uh, about the the volunteer situation. We have an amazing group of volunteers. They're 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 dedicated. They come out. They they work hard. They help um, motivate each other. They help motivate the community. They're a wonderful group of people. That being said, now that we have the Unity store opened, we need more volunteers. Of course. Because we need people to help run that store so it's not just the same people giving up their time all the time. So um, the store is only open right now two days a week, and we're open um, Saturday uh, Saturday. And Friday. Thank you. Friday and Saturday. Excuse me. um, And we open at 10 o'clock in the morning and we stay open until 7 o'clock at night on those two days. But then on Wednesday, October the 12th, which is the night of the Tivoli event, we're going to open the store from 5 to 7 that evening. Oh, great. Okay. So if you come over to the Tivoli to see that movie, you can check out the store at the same time. And that's a sneak peek that normally we don't do. But like I said, the store is usually open on Friday and Saturday from 10 until 7. Um, Like I said, I volunteer the first Saturday of every month, the morning shift, which Mm -hmm. is from 930 to 230. Mm -hmm. But now they're going to need people to come in and volunteer the rest of those times as well so that we can, the more volunteers we have, the 
the longer we can stay open and maybe we can start adding days so that we're open more. Sure. So if you've got any interest in coming in and working a store and being there to help out, we would love to have you uh, come and join us. And you can check out um, our website, uh, www.spencerpride.org. Go to our Facebook page, of course, at Spencer Pride. Or you can email Judy Epp, who's our secretary, and it's Judy at SpencerPride.org. Okay. So it's Judy with an I, J U D I. Right. Right. SpencerPride.org. Judy, Judy, the uh, one of the people that really makes things happen with the yes. organization, right? Yes, she does. <laughs> she can be a tad intimidating. You don't tell her no. <laughs> She's our uh, volunteer coordinator and can be very persuasive when she needs to be. Well, she was the person that. That, right, that uh, was r- responsible for y- your uh, 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 the Spencer Pride um, MC and uh, performer mm-hmm. Suzanne Westenhofer. Yes, she was, and uh, that was just uh, amazing. And she got us here today. Yes, and, she did. And she got she, you. She <laughs> there you us go. about See, this. She does make things happen. <laughs> she does. So I would think that would be a really fun kind of volunteer job, you know? I mean, sitting, talking to these people that come in and talking about the community and especially about the wonderful um, uh, product and the items that you guys are, are carrying and everything, I, I, would, I would encourage that um, because Spencer should be proud because of what you guys do. We had a very, very good success on our grand opening uh, during the Apple Butter Festival in September. Oh, okay. Uh, September 17th was when we opened, and it was very nice to see because I helped volunteer that weekend, and no one negative really came in to bother us. Everyone, sure. like, only positive things came into the store, which was very nice. So it's not like people are coming in and disrupting anything. It's only people that are interested in what we have yeah. and interested to see what we're doing. Sure. How how could anyone come in, in there with, with such good vibes? Yeah, it's yeah. a very positive place. Yeah. It's yeah. a very positive place. I can imagine. And everybody seems to understand that, that it's a positive mm-hmm. place. Mm-hmm. And um, so um, so that the, the night of the Tivoli, um, you said you are opening the store. It's it's before the, the film, right? Correct, because the, the film show. starts at 7, and so we'll be open from 5 to 7. Five to then. seven. And then um, also, just to kind of slot on from that, we have several um, educational displays that are up because October is um, Pride Month, and so there are um, educational displays that are out uh, in various locations. There are in 18 different libraries from Brown County to Linton. And uh, the History Museum here in Bloomington also has uh, a display up as well and it deals with different um politicians and what how they've come out and what positions they hold and it's it's very fascinating to look at the displays i like that idea yeah and you were talking about the that it's it's going to be um what a trivia not a trivia there'll be a trivia like a jeopardy type game and we strongly encourage you to look at the displays before you come to the event there'll be some questions probably Oh, okay. So pay attention. There will be a test after. No. Yeah. There'll be a fun test. (laughs) Yeah, of course. Of course. So, and um, cost of all this? Free. Free. Can't say it enough. It's all free. All right. Um, concessions, anything um, at the theater? Now, there will be concessions sold during the theater, but that right. is for the Tivoli. That's the Tivoli's. Sure. You know, that's course. their their concession stand. So that's where they make their 
their profit from that's, to help that's us where you, out. Where you get your popcorn fix and all right. that, that. Take good your popcorn, stuff. get your sodas, and you're happy people. <laughs> nice, nice. So, um, in the past, um, so the the, do you know? I mean, how many nights or how many nights? How many? Um, how many years has the historic night at the Tivoli been going on? This will be the fourth year. Fourth year, okay. Right, and we are still looking for sponsors to help, uh, financial sponsors to help with our night at the Tivoli. Great. Any amount is appreciated, and we give you great um, uh, feedback for that, and you get you know your name on the website, and you're listed on different programs, and so if anybody's interested... We would appreciate some financial support to be able to do all this for free. Of course. Because we have to purchase the movie rights and purchase some other things to bring in. So. Right, right. Um, and, uh, so, and, and the theater, if, if uh, anyone has never been in the Tivoli Theater, it, it is a historic... It's a historic building. It's an Art Deco building. It's absolutely gorgeous. gorgeous isn't it? The whole premise uh, when it was built is to look like a castle and that you're looking outside or looking up from the garden in the castle. Um, if you actually are in the theater and you look up, there are the stars in the sky. It's a blue ceiling and the sky, the stars are lit. And to be honest, it's actually the theater opened, when the theater opened in 1928 on January 31st, they the cook group did this and they went back and pulled the astrological charts from that date and at 9 p.m. that's how they place the stars on really? the ceiling. So when you go in there and you look up, you can see the Big Dipper and the Little Dipper and all the constellations and all of these stars and that's exactly what the sky looked like at 9 p.m. January 31st of 1928. That is wild. So it's and on the back of some of the, we have, they used to have programs that you could flip over and you could actually find the constellations and find all the different stars and see the planets and you could just, so it gives you something to do while you're waiting for your movie to start is to go up and look at the sky and check it out. Who thinks of these things? Not that- me. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. I didn't even know that there was a real. I was just like, oh, that's cool. It looks like you're looking outside. Yeah, it's a it's the real sky. So it's wow. gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. My gosh, that's that's reason enough to just to just get into that theater. <laughs> just to go and you know, it's it's just a beautiful place. <laughs> oh, that's that's really great. So um, so once again, so if anyone just is tuning in now, we are talking about Night at the Tivoli, and that is October twelfth. Um Spencer Pride, the Tivoli Theater. Um, anything else we want to tell people about how to find more information about this? Um, you, you gave us the website, right? Yeah. Check out SpencerPride.org. Uh, Check us out on Facebook. Right. Our community center also has a Facebook page as well, so you can see pictures of things on display there, so you can get a heads up on what we have to sell. Mm. Do, do a little bit of pre-shopping. By get all some means, ideas. come in there ready with cash in hand. We do also take credit cards. So... Okay. <laughs> so don't and, worry about that. And even though it doesn't feel like it, um, it is October and, you know, the holidays. It's never too soon the season. holiday shop right. or do a little personal shopping. <laughs> and if you haven't been there, we actually have three Christmas trees up already with beautiful um, handmade ornaments and some glass blown hand, uh, blown ornaments. And it's they're, it's they're beautiful. Just beautiful things right now. And Christmas is in the air. Unfortunately, uh-huh. it's October, but it's still up. <laughs> I've already bought three. What? Pardon me. I've already bought three ornaments. <laughs> <laughs> You've already started your collection. Yes. <laughs> awesome, awesome. So, well, that it that sounds so wonderful. I'm congratulations on your success of opening the community center. 
Um, you guys are, are doing such incredible, important work there. You should you should really be proud. And and we were talking about the Spencer Pride. Um, you know, I cannot uh, suggest or, or recommend enough for people to check out Spencer Pride and the and the um, the the uh, event, the Spencer Pride. Um, uh, night at the Tivoli event. N- night at the Tivoli, but also um, in the summer. With the the, oh, there's Spencer Pride Festival. With the Spencer the Pride, Pride Festival. Festival, and it's the first, uh, the first day. It's the first Saturday in June. All the time, you know, it's just mark your calendar. First right. Saturday in June is the Spencer Pride Festival on the Courthouse Square. So people can go to spencerpride.org. Is Correct. that right? Spencerpride.org. Yes. Get all that information. Well. Um, Dana and Greg, thank you both so much for being here and sharing all this. And I can't wait till the 12th of October. Um, Again, it's milk. It's in Spencer. You're going to be able to get to see it for free. You're going to get to see the community center before that. I would recommend everybody put that on their calendar. Please come. It's well worth it. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much. Thanks for having us. Thank you. So now is uh, time for our next music break of the evening. And from the gaymusicchart.blogspot.com, this song comes from a band called LP. It was released last year on Vagrant Records, and quite frankly, I just liked it. I think it's a really good song. The song Lost on You comes from their um, EP, their extended play, called Death Valley. So here is Lost on You by LP.
Support for WFHB and Blooming Out comes from The Back Door, downtown Bloomington's queerest bar, dance club, and venue. From live bands and DJs to drag shows and karaoke, there is something for everyone every day of the week. The Back Door is located at 207 South College in the alley behind Atlas Bar, and more information can be found on Facebook or online at bckdoor.com. And now it's time for this week's LGBTQ News Headlines. From GayStarNews.com, trans teen kills himself after suicide watch hospital nurses kept calling him a girl. A sad story. A trans teen killed himself after being taunted by hospital employees kept on calling him a girl while he was on a suicide watch lockdown. Um, Kyler Prescott, who was just 14 when he died, was overcome with anxiety and depression when he committed suicide in May 2015. In the weeks before his death, the Southern California teen was admitted to Rady Children's Hospital San Diego in the youth psychiatry unit for a 72-hour suicide hold. But when he was held there, hospital employees kept referring to Kyler as a girl. From that point, he went into a spiral. He was frantic, his mother, Catherine Prescott, said. They were making him worse. They were completely uh, traumatizing him. And this week, Prescott has filed a civil lawsuit against the hospital in U.S. District Court in Southern California, claiming medical personnel violated federal and state laws to protect against discrimination during Kyler's stay. And while Prescott is insistent she is not blaming the hospital for her trans son's death, she wants it to be held accountable to make sure that that doesn't happen to any other kids. When my son was in deep despair, I entrusted Rady Children's Hospital with his safety and well-being, Prescott told the Washington Post. Hospitals are supposed to be safe places that help people when they're in need. Instead of recovering at the hospital, Kyler got worse because staff continued to traumatize him by repeatedly treating him as a girl and ignoring his serious health issues. It's painful to speak out, but I want to make sure no other parent or child has to ever go through this again. The hospital in San Diego has a gender management clinic to help young people dealing with their gender dysphoria. In a statement, the hospital said their top priority is providing the absolute highest level of care to our patients and families. While it's the policy of Rady Children's not to comment on pending legal matters, any allegations of wrongdoing, including discrimination, are investigated thoroughly and followed up on, they added. Kyler wrote a poem in the weeks leading up to his death. I've been looking for him for years, but I seem to grow further away from him with each passing day. He's trapped inside this body, wrapped in society's chains that keep him from escaping. But one day I will break those chains. One day I will set him free and finally look in the mirror and see me, the boy I was always meant to be. It's a very, very sad story. Um, We do have a a rather encouraging headline coming up next in our news. Uh, An encouraging story from IndyStar.com. IUPUI turns backs to Westboro Baptist Church protest. They turn their backs to hate. A line of faculty, staff, and community members shielded Indiana University, Purdue University, Indianapolis students from nine members of Westboro Baptist Church who protested on campus Tuesday afternoon against the LGBTQ plus center. We encountered it with something positive, or we countered it with something positive, said Steve McKenzie, a kinesiology clinical professor. In counter protests, they held signs of love to block out signs of sin. 
They blared music to drown out anything the protesters might have said. They stood together to change the message and make the statement that lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, and other people are welcome here. Protected from the picketing, hundreds of students danced in the courtyard with rainbows painted on their cheeks. Look how much support there is for truth, justice, and equality, which is what God is about, said Sean Baker, 45, a member of First Congregational United Church of Christ in Indianapolis. That's hate, he added, pointing to the protesters. God is love. Much of the attention to the protest came from curiosity, with many wanting to see who exactly felt so strongly against LGBT people that they would travel to be cruel to people they didn't even know. Two cars, two cars pulled up to the curb. Nine people got out and unpacked their signs, all capital letters filled with slurs. The protesters, stuck in a penned off, the protesters stood in a penned off section of grass with a wide police buffer separating them from the campus community. They were scheduled later to picket the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors outside College Park Church in Carmel. Last year, the association held what it called the first ever evangelical Christian conference on transgender issues, rejecting the concept of gender identity and believing that God assigns gender. Westboro Baptist Church, based in Topeka, Kansas, still calls them hypocritical and not true Christians. Before the group arrived at IEPUI, students discussed the protesters' rights to be there and voice their opinions. They talked about hate speech and free speech and yelling and dialogue. They talked about whether it would be better to show up with to counter the protesters or to ignore them completely. It was okay, they decided, to feel angry, to feel outraged, to feel hurt. But many people said those feelings subsided a little when they actually saw the protesters. Ridiculous, people in the crowd called the protests. Pathetic and sad. They talked about positivity instead of anger. They talked about Christianity and what it meant to see professors who cared about students. They talked about how this generation of young people stands up for what they believe in and are both more accepting and more openly accepted than ever before. You know you're accepted here, no matter who you are, said IUPUI student Kaisha Scott, 27. And because this was college, there were professors who dismissed their classes for the demonstrations, students assigned to study the political action, and free food inside a nearby assembly hall. Thank you, Sarah. I love that, uh, how that was written. Uh, so the Huffington Post is asking why Mike Pence's record of anti-LGBT extremism was ignored during this week's vice presidential debate. There's no question that in this week's vice presidential debate, Virginia Senator Tim Kaine missed an opportunity to slam Indiana Governor Mike Pence on the issue that put Pence infamously at the center of national attention in 2015, his signing of a draconian anti-LGBT religious liberty bill into law. Kane even mentioned persecution of LGBT people under Vladimir Putin in Russia in criticizing both Donald Trump and Pence's embrace of the authoritarian leader, but didn't draw the direct line to Pence and the bill in Indiana he signed that drew harsh condemnation from big business, which forced Pence to soften the ugly law somewhat. But the bulk of the responsibility here goes to moderator Elaine Keanu of CBS, who is generally seen to have done a poor job at maintaining control of this debate. Sure, a debater should be practiced and skilled enough to insert important issues, pivot, and turn questions back on an opponent, as Hillary Clinton did deftly during the first presidential debate with Trump. Conservatives attacked moderator Lester Holt for not bringing up their pet issues, 
but most of those issues have been very visible and settled like Benghazi and Clinton's emails. And the responsibility was on Trump himself to remind the audience if he wanted to do so, and he did a terrible job. But on the Religious Restoration Freedom Act in Indiana, which became an international news story in March of last year, in the news cycle for days as Pence became a laughingstock on national television unable to defend the law, we've seen scant coverage in this campaign, with Pence rarely asking about it and much of the or ask about it or and much of the media hardly raising it. And yet it's a defining issue for him and one that was built upon years of anti-LGBT attacks by Pence as a radio host and commentator and as a member of Congress, where he even proposed cutting funding for AIDS and diverting the money to ex-gay therapy programs. Here, we had two men uh, with deep religious convictions, one who sees his faith, faith as a call for equality, Cain does support marriage equality, and supports anti-discrimination laws that protect LGBT people, and the other who sees it as a bludgeoning tool to persecute a minority group. There couldn't be a more clear distinction on something so prominent, and it was just too big for Keanu to ignore. Furthermore, Trump has in fact supported much of Pence's anti-LGBT agenda, consistently opposed to marriage equality for years, and recently solidifying his support for the anti-LGBT First Amendment Defense Act, and yet has been lazily portrayed in the media as more accepting on gay issues, as Trump has tried to play it both ways. This was an opportunity for the moderator to finally show the sharp contrast between these presidential tickets on a civil rights issue of our time and draw Pence out as an extremist on the issue who has been embraced by Trump. To her credit, Keanu did this on the issue of abortion, but she failed on LGBT rights. This again was HuffPo. And finally, tonight we have an article from crcconnection.com, headlined, Alabama Chief Justice Faces Ethics Charges Over Anti-Marriage Equality Stance. JP, have you heard about this this week? I have not caught this one yet. Well, I'm definitely going to tell you about it. Um, the story here, uh, almost 13 years after he was first removed from the state's highest court in 2003, Alabama Supreme Court Justice Chief... Uh, Chief Justice Roy Moore may once again lose his seat as the state's top judicial official officer. Uh, in a hearing on Wednesday, commission lawyers said Moore was clearly urging defiance. The justice appeared in court this week to battle six charges of ethics violations that could see him removed from the bench for a second time. Moore contended that the Ten Commandments are the foundation of the United States legal system and that forbidding the acknowledgement of the Judeo-Christian God violates the First Amendment's guarantee of free exercise of religion, as he explained to CNN in an interview in 2003. The chief justice effectively admitted to the charge against him in his testimony on Wednesday, according to Richard Cohen, president of the Southern Poverty Law Center, a Montgomery-based civil rights group that submitted the original complaints against Moore. The result was confusion in marriage license offices throughout Alabama. Many of them applauded when he came into the courtroom just prior to the trial start. At issue in the current case is a January 6th administrative order in which Moore stated Alabama's 68 probate judges had a ministerial duty not to issue any marriage licenses contrary to, quote unquote, the state's ban on same-sex marriage 
until the Alabama Supreme Court clarified the relationship between state law and the U.S. Supreme Court's decision legalizing same-sex marriage. The nine-member court of the judiciary is weighing Moore's intent. Uh, Was his memo a defiant effort to try to block gay marriage or, as Moore contends, a well-meant response to state judges who had raised questions about the status of the state's court's March order? Quote, unquote, I would not defy any federal court order. The Alabama Supreme Court had the case pending about what to do with the federal orders, and they did not rule on it, he said. Moore's attorney, Matt Staver, argued that even after the U.S. Supreme Court ruling, there still existed conflicting orders from different courts that the Alabama Supreme Court had to consider. He is accused of encouraging judges to defy the U.S. Supreme Court's ruling of legalization of gay marriage. It was meant to clarify the conflicting orders, Moore's attorney said. He testified that the law requires judges to provide updates on pending litigation. Moore has never until now tried to deny the root of his actions. Moore told probate judges that just because the Alabama Supreme Court had not rescinded the state's gay marriage ban, they still remained bound by it. The U.S. Supreme Court's ruling declared same-sex marriage legal nationwide. Equal marriage is the law. He has the law on his side, said Paige Herring, a sitter for the elderly from Montgomery. An 11th Circuit Court of Appeals order. I don't encourage anyone to defy a federal court or state court order, Moore said. The game of constitutional chicken is over, but the Chief Chief Justice refuses to accept it. Ashley Pate with the JIC said, the state of Alabama deserves better. He's been suspended pending the trial and and faces removal from the bench. It's hard to predict what the judges that are sitting on the Judicial Inquiry Commission may do, said Eric Johnson, an attorney who advises the Alabama Citizens Action Program, an auxiliary of the Alabama Baptist Convention. The administrative order did not change the status quo. He was reelected as a chief justice in 2013. Stafer also told the COJ uh, that this is the first time he knows where a person was put to trial for something they wrote. Moore testified that he sent another he sent another in October uh, asking the court to act before the 21st. That's why we said from the beginning that the JIC is politically motivated. And as a political matter, the chief justice can oppose uh, or uh, argue it's wrongly decided and propose an amendment to the federal constitution. And that's a wrap for this week's LGBTQ headlines. Thanks, Sarah. It's time for this evening's final music break here on Blooming Out. From Out.com, star-crossed lovers have proved a a resilient theme in art from at least the days of the ancient Greeks, who all but had a hard-on for romance ending in someone's or everyone's death. The theme's most famous iteration, of course, is Romeo and Juliet, whose story has been told reimagined, repurposed countless times over the years. Singer-songwriter Vince Kidd acts to the historic heartbreak with his latest song and video for Almost Angels, depicting two rival gangs threatening to destroy him and the love he found in a hopeless, ultraviolent place. The music video is like a gay West Side story based in London suburbs, showing a tragic love story between two men who are in opposite gangs. Here is Vince Kidd with Almost Angels.
Drinking a double, feeling struggle. No, there's a way out from under this rubble. Compromise, risk high. If we do, it's do or die. We got my suit, won't be trouble. I told them we only come as a couple. In the sky, a silver line. Wipe the tears from your eyes. If we do this together, we'll be made forever. It's one night, it's all right. Heaven's almost there inside. Nothing can come without a risk, without a fight. I do it all for you. I'll see you on the other side. We're almost angels. Set our spirits free. We're almost angels. We got love for all eternity. At the altar, we're kneeling, praying for healing. They'll tell our story with paint on the ceiling. Cherubim, seraphim, we're taking care of everything. Won't be just dreaming, wanting or needing. We'll find the life that we always been seeking. Here's a deal, now it's real. This love is hotter than Brazil. If we do this together, we'll be made forever. It's one night, it's all right. Heaven's almost there inside. Nothing good can come without a risk, without a fight. I do it. We're almost angels. Soon we're gonna set our spirits free. We're almost angels. Yeah. We got love for all eternity. The start with a bullet through our heart. Cause now we're almost angels. Soon we're gonna set our spirits free. We're almost angels. And you are listening to Blooming Out on WFHB. You just heard Vince Kidd with Almost Angels. Now it's time for our LGBTQ area event calendar. And 
after nearly 22 years, the GLBT Student Services Support Office is considering a name change. Please contact Jamie Bartzel if you would like to complete a survey about how the name should change before tomorrow, October 7th. That is the deadline. Jamie can be contacted at jbartzel, that's J-B-A-R-T-Z-E-L, at indiana.edu. And Tuesday, October 11th, is National Coming Out Day, and there are many events that are planned around campus. The GLBT office on 7th Street will be celebrating diversity in sexual orientations and gender identities by having a closet available for decorating. You may also leave words of encouragement, stop by to take pictures, or just reflect on the day. All are welcome. The Queer Condition will be held at the back door on Tuesday, October 11th from 8 p.m. to 11 p.m. To celebrate National Coming Out Day, Grad Queers invites the Hoosier community to a night of storytelling at the back door. It will be an intimate and enlightening experience where people can tell their coming out stories. The event is the is for people 21 and over. Uh, for, for more information, please visit the back door's Facebook page. Do you have an LGBTQ plus child? family member or friend that you love and support will join White River Valley PFLAG and the UU Rainbow Rights Task Force for their first monthly family support meeting. The first of these monthly support meetings will be held on Wednesday, October 12th from 5.30 to 7 at the Unitarian Universalist Church in Bloomington. Feel free to come late. And we would like to thank you for tuning in tonight. If you are interested in volunteering here at WFHB or with our show Blooming Out, please contact me at volunteer at WFHB.org. If you would like to add your event to our events calendar, please email us at bloomingout at WFHB.org. And you can also call us at 812-323-1200, tweet us at bloomingoutwfhb, visit our Facebook page, Uh, page as Blooming Out or find us on Instagram. The executive producer of Blooming Out is Joe Crawford. The producer is Ryan Shaddy. I'm your board engineer and associate producer, Sarah Hetrick. Thanks, Sarah. For Blooming Out, I'm Jeff Poling. Tune in again next week at 6 p.m. or listen to us online at bloomingout.com. Thank you for joining us on Blooming Out. Be sure to find us online for past episodes, behind-the-scenes exclusives, and more at bloomingout.com. And don't forget to tune in every Thursday at 6 p.m. for Blooming Out on WFHB.